1: We are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Welcome
2: to the show. In 2006, in the prime of his career as a basketball entertainer with the Harlem Globetrotters, Larry Shorty Coleman shared with teenagers, the importance of a winning attitude no matter what. Shorty lost one leg to peripheral artery disease, which is restricted blood flow and mainly the legs due to plaque buildup in the last few years. And he is now maintaining the importance of the power of positive thinking and maintaining that winning spirit as he continues to fight to save his other leg, inspire others to do the same. He continues to hold seminars, helping to spread that message as well as to raise money to help those with amputations. We'll have his story coming up and you don't want to miss this amazing candid conversation with Larry Shorty Coleman. And I know, John, you are excited about this one as well because you are such a sports fanatic. <laughs> you're even wearing, you're wearing your Tennessee hat right now.
3: Yeah, no, I just, I had I felt like I had to wear a hat, some type of sports hat. And it was just, you know, the Tennessee one kind of popped out. It's camouflage. It's kind of gray here and cold in Columbus. So I thought it it was a good, uh, good montage for me. But yeah, love sports. I wish I was a better athlete, but uh, I live vicariously. I live vicariously through my my son and other children and (laughs) love to watch it. I love my Packers. Unfortunately, we're not going anywhere. But uh, yeah. Um, but ask really
2: for those looking... Niners, those
3: 49ers. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I guess I'm going to. What, the Niners and the Cowboys? The niners I think and Cowboys, the Cowboys. That's yeah, a huge so, rivalry. Big rivalry. And then what, the uh, Cowboys coach is Mike McCarthy. He was our former coach. So I'll, I'm a little torn. I'm not sure who I'll be pulling for. But hopefully, you know, we've got some good games this weekend. Um, how was your week, by the way?
2: Wow. Where did this week go? It has Mm -hmm. been absolutely crazy. I actually was in the cath lab, Dr. Jim Joy, an interventional cardiologist here in the San Francisco Bay Area. We had a patient who called us right as we were going into our broadcast last Saturday who had a couple toes turning gangrenous. And we were able to get a hold of Dr. Joy over the weekend. He got her in Monday for a consult, said, hey, we need to get you in immediately Wednesday. I drove down and had the opportunity to watch him live restore blood flow into her foot where her previous university doctors had told her it was impossible. No one treats the foot and they were able to restore blood flow and save her foot from amputation live this week. So that was exciting.
3: That's a great story. I mean, this, I think, is our first kind of full show, podcast, whatever, dedicated to Kind of to save my piggies, right? And um, this week was littered with folks that had, at least in our cath lab, with uh, critical limb ischemia, so significant blood flow issues. And it always amazes me. There was a gentleman that I treated who had a black toe. And I asked him, I said, how long has this been going on for? So the toe was already black and, and we call it mummified. So it, it it is no longer getting blood flow. It'll have to be amputated. But our goal was to obviously preserve the rest of his toes and, and right. leg. And he said, well, just a couple of days. <clears throat> and that's not possible. Right. I mean, because it takes a long time for this, this process to happen. So just, it got me thinking like, gosh, we just need to do a better job of raising awareness for this disease process and getting the word out. And again, stuff that you do, this show helps do that. And I'm really excited to talk to Larry about, about his, his journey with respect to life and PAD and how he keeps persevering, staying positive. So really, really stoked.
2: Because we know that it's, it's very hard to stay positive, especially with, it's called peripheral artery disease, right? It's that restricted blood flow we talked about in mainly the leg arteries uh, due to plaque buildup. And it's like, I was talking to, um, you know, a few of the patients recently that we, we work with and everyone knows actually what it feels like because everyone's had a tourniquet around their arm when they get their blood taken. So imagine having that tourniquet wrapped around your leg 24/7 trying to walk with it trying to sleep with it on and your foot is continuing to swell up and get redder and then more purple and blue and and it is painful right
3: it it, it is and we yesterday I saw a patient who unfortunately he had knee surgery and and then I think he had a, a clot that formed both in the artery in the vein that restricted the blood flow. This happened a few weeks ago. And by the time he was transferred to us for a second opinion, his foot was, and leg was, was non salvageable. So I hate as a physician kind of acting like God or, or the executioner, judge, jury, all that stuff, because we basically said, there's nothing we can do. And his daughter looked at me because he was getting sick. Cause you can get, sick from the infected leg and, and asked yeah. you have to remove it. And she just was crying. And I was with one of my partners and we were just like, you know, there's nothing we can do. It was just so frustrating. And, and, um, you know, the, the daughter said, we, I, we, we brought you, you know, we brought dad down here for you guys to help out. And, cause I wasn't getting the answers I wanted elsewhere. And we said, I know you did the right thing, but it's just, it's too late. There's nothing we can do. So again, if you're out there, if you have got pain in your legs or whatever, just talk to your healthcare providers. Uh, take take control of your health and and um, you know just keep fighting for it.
2: You know, there was a conference just this week, and Dana um, Rigdon, who is the executive director of the CLI Global Society, critical limb ischemia—that's the advanced stages of peripheral artery disease—and the CLI Global Society formed. Um, to try and get the word out about treatment options for patients who have these advanced stage um, symptoms. And she was saying she was at a conference this week with Dr. Michael Jeff. I I don't know if if he was with Boston Scientific or with, is is that the one he's with? Um, And he was interviewing a patient on stage, doing a full assessment live on stage where the patient was actually saying that My doctor diagnosed my symptoms of leg pain, claudication as first arthritis, and then it Mm -hmm. was I'm not eating enough bananas, and then it was fibromyalgia, and then it was sciatica, and went for every other test and treatment except for the easiest one, which is two fingers, two seconds to feel the leg pulses, right? That is all you have to do, especially at that point where they're in advanced stages. Do they have a pulse or not?
3: Yeah, we've talked about that before, and unfortunately, kind of the physical exam portion of our office visit, and sometimes in the hospital, is a little bit lacking. And yeah. so, when we're when we're training residents and interns and medical students, we're always reminding them: make sure you. I always say, listen to the patient, and, and if you know, you know the the mind the eye sees what the mind knows, right? And so if you know what the what they're telling you and you examine them, that's going to kind of unfold before your eyes and you don't have to do a lot of fancy testing and you can get the diagnosis right, but you've got to actually touch the patient sometimes so
2: it's so true and coming up right here on the heart of innovation we're going to talk to larry shorty coleman about his experience really curious to see at what point um he was diagnosed whether doctors brushed off symptoms in the early stages and how it resulted ultimately in amputation and where he goes from here so stay with us
1: Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're momentarily going to have a conversation with Larry, who's had uh, issues with peripheral arterial disease. He's also a former uh, Globetrotter. We're really, really looking Harry. forward to that. Legendary, Legendary. of course, it's going to be awesome. Um, but we still I got to get to my quote, right?
0: Dr. John Phillips, spectacular, vascular moment of inspiration.
3: There we go. I was sweating that for a second. I thought, man, we're <laughs> going to miss the quote, but I, I spent good- lets you down. I know, Mike, Mike's awesome. I was looking for some good quotes, basketball related, because obviously the theme, you know, Larry and and the Globetrotters, professional basketball player, there's a lot out there. But I like this one because I think it, it keys on the theme of the show about staying positive when, you know, sometimes the chips get down, sometimes, uh, some, you know, uh, you know, medical issue happens. You, you weren't expecting this and, and now you got to deal with it. And so this is a quote from the late, great Kobe Bryant. And he says, uh, everything negative pressure challenges are all an opportunity for me to rise. And I love that. Cause like we're, I think we, as, as, as humans and competitors, we fail a lot, but because we fail, we ultimately succeed. So I like that quote.
2: Yeah, I do too. That really speaks true. It's just a matter of, I think, um, exploring that and really taking a moment to find what is your purpose? What is the learning from this? And sometimes it's hard to think that there is a learning that you have it for a reason, but don't think about it that you have it for a reason. Take it to the next level and, you know, figure out what you can do with it from here. Right? How can you survive? What can I do versus what can't I do? What can I do different? Maybe I can't run marathons, but you know what? Maybe I can play basketball. Maybe I can play pickleball, which I just found out about versus tennis. Um oh, it's but huge. Yeah.
3: pickleball is huge.
2: And what about I wanna bring in Larry. Larry. Yes. Let's yeah. bring in Larry and find out what you think. What did you think of Dr. John's quote from I love
5: it. I might have him do stand-up comedy for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you
3: know, actually Larry, somebody had asked me if I could choose my career, what would I be and I, you know, I can't be a basketball player for any professional athlete, but I would try to do stand-up comedy.
5: Well, you would do a great job. The way you word things, it it could be funny, but it's very serious about what we're speaking of.
3: Well, with with that said, Larry, we're going to have a fantastic, candid conversation with you today. And I think we should just start from the beginning. Do you just want to tell us about your childhood, kind of what it was like growing up, how you came to obviously love basketball and then ultimately – become a Harlem Globetrotter, and travel, what, around the world, entertaining folks? Well,
5: for those of you that's out there listening, God gives God all the honor and glory, because a simple fact, without Him and great parents, you don't make it too far. However, I'm from the Washington, D.C., Maryland area, and I grew up with a single mom that had 11 kids, and unfortunately... She did a great job with us. Not that my dad didn't help, but not being around didn't make it easy for me because I am a on just put our Aries people, but I was a hard head individual growing up. When you have old, older siblings, you tend to think, Oh, I can get away with anything and everything. No, it wasn't true for me. Mother was very strict on me and believe it or not, I admire her right today, even though she's resting in heaven. And The things she told me about life made it easy for me to do what I had to do. Instead of getting in trouble all the time, I probably could have been an A student, but I wanted to clown. Making a C and B was fine with me. I was eligible to play basketball. However, I grew up playing basketball in that area, and it's not an easy area to play basketball. you got some mean individuals, some very talented individuals. My story began with someone picking me up, Every day, we get different. And it kind of grew on me. And then I started boxing. And I tried boxing against the great Sugar Ray Leonard. That didn't last long.
2: What? Oh, I bet it didn't last long with Sugar Ray. (laughs) I
5: I thought it would last longer, uh, Miss Kimberly. But it did not. His hands were very fast. Mine was not fast enough. So my mom said, You won't be doing boxing because you get too many headaches. So I got back with basketball practice day and night. I didn't think anything else was possible to play because I did not like football playing it. I don't like to be hit, but I like hitting them. That's a selfish way of thinking, but that's just the way I was. But I picked the basketball up. I would carry it with me to school. And from that moment in the ninth grade, I just took off with basketball, made it to high school and, did good, didn't make All-American. Like I said, there's other great players. But I didn't admire uh, the fact that other people were better than me, so it somewhat made me competitive, so to speak. Like, well, if they're that good, i got to become better. It never really happened that way right away. But like I told my mom at 15, I wasn't going to get in trouble no more. Boy, imagine saying that at 15. Ooh-wee. I don't know if I was telling the truth, but a good Lord had tapped me on the head. But nevertheless, (laughs) I wrote her a letter and said, Mom, I'm going to try to do right. I know you go to work and trying your best for us, but I'm going to get a scholarship to college. She looked at me. I thought she was crying, but she was like, if you know what I know, you would do as best. Life is very hard out there, son. So from that point on, I was able to get a scholarship to a junior college, even though I had D1 uh, offers, I wasn't ready for to sit in the classroom and be disciplined yet. So I took the junior college route, which was San Diego City College. And long story short, I was an honorable mention All-American there. And things went on. I visited six schools, and I said, you know what? I'm going to Texas Wesleyan University. I just felt comfortable there. Only thing I didn't like was the heat. 104, 102, 103, and I I didn't need a tan, if you know me by now. So that went on, and I went from there. I was an invitee to the Dallas Mavericks. However, I was cut by them, one of the last players cut. Kind of hurt my feelings because I said, man, I've worked this hard, and I'm not going to make the NBA. But my goal wasn't the NBA, so just getting a degree, in business and physical education. That was a great accomplishment for me, but still you have that in the back of your mind and the competitiveness to say, man, I wonder what it would be like to be making $100,000 back then. eighty During the 80s, you wouldn't have made no three million for one year like they're doing now. But I, I really didn't play the sport to make money even though I wasn't rich. I loved the game so much. The game kept me out of trouble. It inspired me in life to know my direction in life, so to speak. So when they cut me, my agent offered me a job in Turkey, France, uh, England, uh, you name it. I said, no, I'm not going to a foreign country. I only took Spanish in ninth grade. That was fading (laughs) out. (laughs) Why do I want to go to land? I don't even speak the language. So with that said, uh, I got a call from the Harlem Globetrotters. And this story became so great for me, you won't believe it. I had to go to a camp in San Antonio, Texas. It was fifteen hundred individuals there. Oh so gosh. I did well. I pat myself on the back. I love competition and memory. I said I'm very competitive. Keep these things in mind as the story go on. So when I left the camp, they wanted to offer me a contract right away. I said no. I have to go back and talk with the agent. Boy, you don't know how that hurt me not to put that ink on that paper right then and there. So I said, no, I don't want to do that circus ball. Uh, Another opportunity came along with the glow trotters. They brought me to Lake Placid. And I said, oh, wait, this is some beautiful places. So I ended up signing with them. And from that day forward, I became the Harlem glow trotter dribbler. I was and
2: coming up right two. here on the heart of innovation. We're going to hear about his experience as the Harlem Globetrotter dribbler. That's next. Stay with us right here on the heart of innovation Peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are we are the way to my heart the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients and we want to help you get back on your feet again visit our website at the to or call our leg saver hotline 415-320-7138 your life and limb could depend on it
1: welcome back to the heart of innovation for more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. So
3: before the break, we were, Larry was beginning to share his story about how he ultimately got uh, to play on the Harlem Globetrotters as the dribbler. But during the break, we were kind of just talking about that moment and I I'd, I'd love for you to expand on this a little bit Larry when you got cut by the Mavericks and, or no I'm sorry yeah you got cut by the Mavericks or didn't Dallas, make the team yeah. whatever and then <clears throat> you could have you could have said well I'm going to guess do something else but you, you, you I and I wrote your quote down this that failure was just kind of more wood for the you know on the fire to burn so so that fueled you right and and you just pivoted no pun intended, to
5: looking for other avenues to play basketball, right? Yes, I agree with that very much so. Once they made uh, the final cuts of the Dallas Mavericks, however, they had me down for a minute, so I don't want the folks out there to think, oh, he just clapped his hands and went on. No, I just went back to the uh, concrete with my basketball and put in more time and prayed with the good Lord that I could overcome this, which was very easy. Because my mom instilled in me, everything is not going to happen your way. There's going to be adversities throughout life and obstacles for you to overcome. And with that said, when the Globetrotters came along, that made the icing on the cake a little sweeter. And once I did my first Globetrotter game, that made me feel like I was on top of the world. And I was doing just what God had planned for me and what I had dreamed about. Entertaining people, and most of all, seeing the smiles on people's face and kids' face. I've seen all walks of the life with people at Children's Hospital, St. Jude. I had a kid request me come see him once I made the Trotter. So my routine with the Trotter didn't even come close to that. And people won't believe it. You don't give up on yourself, no matter if it's your health. I'm asking you trying to make a basketball team or whatever the sport may be, because if you take the initiation and give up in sports, same thing's going to happen with you in life. If you cross that road and get bad health and you wouldn't believe it. My story didn't uh, come with commercials from Nike, uh, Taco Bell. My story come from things that has happened in my life. However, I know we don't have a whole show for just Larry Shorty Coleman because there's other great people on the show. And Dr. Philip and Kimberly know well, if they hear from the best that thinks he's the best, there's something really wrong. So my story began to get sad. One day, my calf was hurting so bad. I hope I'm not going too fast for some of you out there, but you have Is the right during- to call in.
2: No, was this during your, while you were still playing that you started experiencing this calf pain? Were you with the Globetrotters at the time?
5: No, not at all. Well, I was working out every day. I think mine occurred when I slowed down and didn't play basketball as much. See, because in 2015, 2016, 2017, I experienced three strokes. I said, man, what is wrong with me? I've been doing everything right, working out every day. But unfortunately things happened to you health wise. So I was very sad by what had happened to me. I said, Man, what is wrong with my left calf? It was like someone was stabbing me in it. I could only walk five minutes and without sitting down or laying down. That's how bad the pain was. People Was just this don't something
2: know. was this something that you had did you have any relatives or parents, grandparents oh, no. or anything that had that type you, of you, Situation? The
5: words out my mouth, but this is hereditary throughout the family on my mother's side, and it trickled down to me, my nephew who lost two of his uh, lower extremities, my bro- oldest brother that has half of his foot cut off, still having problems with his right foot, and fortunately, when it hit me, everybody was shocked because they said, "Man, much basketball is uh, Shorty plays, Larry plays, how could this happen to him?" You don't ask the reason how and why you deal with what's at hand. And once that happened to me and my mom was in heaven, I couldn't question her. Most of her siblings had already passed away from diabetes, which I don't have. High cholesterol, uh, high blood pressure on a regular basis. I may get it now because I'm in pain from the phantom pain in my right leg, which has got the PAB, peripheral artery disease. So people don't wait to the last minute don't be caught with your pants down and not understand you have a serious health issue going on and I say that to say this I went to the doctor Larry we've
3: got to take a break but we're going to be right back with the rest of your story so stay tuned yes sir
2: Medical Notepad, brought to you by Cardiovascular Systems Incorporated's Patient Advocacy Campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation, and The Way to My Heart.
6: Hi, I'm Ophir Isaac, Doctor of Physical Therapy with All Care Physical Therapy in Brooklyn, New York, and the Neurocorrective Wellness Institute with this week's Medical Notepad. Have you been feeling pain in your calf or calves or thighs when walking and you're not sure if it's caused by a clogged up artery or vessel in your leg or your back, these symptoms can be very similar when you have pain with walking. And in this video, I'm gonna show you how to figure out if your problem is coming from lower back stenosis or narrowing in your back, or if it's purely coming from a artery in your leg or calf that's clogged up. Now, the symptoms that you feel with walking in your thighs or calf or calves could be caused by many different reasons, but the two most common reasons if you're over the age of sixty and you're not very active could be caused by either what they call neurogenic claudication neurogenic means of the nerves of the back or vascular claudication which means a clogging up of your arteries in your legs, vascular. Now, if you have a history of smoking or sedentary lifestyle where you don 't move a lot and don 't exercise, and you may or may not have pre diabetes or diabetes, high blood pressure, your symptoms may be driven more from a vascular component it 's very hard to tell, so here 's one simple way to figure it out if the problem is coming from your vascular system or arteries, generally it will be on one leg. It will be either in your left leg or right leg, and mostly it will be in your calf region. When you're walking and exerting yourself, like for instance, walking up a hill, or climbing stairs, or you're walking faster, it's going to make your heart try to pump blood to your calf muscles to do the job, and you're going to feel the symptoms worsening on that calf. As soon as you stop walking and rest and sit down, the symptoms may go away. That is probably more of what they call vascular claudication. If your problem is coming from neurogenic or nerves- due to compression at the lumbar spine or where your back meets your hips in your lower back, the symptoms are going to be in both of your thighs, most likely, and they're going to go down your thighs in the buttocks and in your calves, and they're going to be bilateral or both sides, typically both sides versus if it was vascular. Also, the symptoms will get worse when you are going downhill because you will be extending your spine. So, extending your spine or leaning backwards will make your symptoms worse if the problem is coming from your lower back because it's compressing the nerves called the core equina which are a bunch of nerves that come out right before the sciatic nerve and those nerves are being pinched in the bones of your spine that have arthritis in it. That's called spinal stenosis. You'll also notice if it's coming from your back that when you bend down like this and you bend forward, you'll feel better and your pain will alleviate in your thighs or your calves. So, the big difference will be Leaning backwards will make your pain worse if it's coming from your back. Leaning forwards will make it lessened if it's coming from your back. If it's coming from your calf and it's clogged up arteries from peripheral artery disease, it will get worse when you walk for a long period of time or exert yourself. As soon as you rest, the problem will go away. Bending your spine forward or back will never take your pain away. Just rest will do that. Hopefully that helps you out. The advice and views offered are my own. Always check with your healthcare team before acting on any of the information in this video. For more information on how to improve strength, mobility, and circulation, check out my site at www.allcarept.com.
2: Medical Notepad, brought to you by Cardiovascular Systems Incorporated's Patient Advocacy Campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation, and The Way to My Heart. For more information about PAD, go to StandAgainstAmputation.com. And for real-time support, go to TheWayToMyHeart.org.
1: Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to TheHeartOfInnovation.org. That's TheHeartOfInnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Before we went to break, Larry was beginning to share his tale about his peripheral arterial disease journey, which has ultimately led to a major amputation on one side, and now he's fighting to save his his other leg. So, Larry, yeah, we're complaining of what we call claudication, pain in the calf region when you walked. Share with us relatively quickly how you, you, know, you got that worked up and then what ultimately led to the fact that you had to, to lose that limb?
5: Yes, sir, Dr. Phillips. Uh, believe it or not, from what I was saying before, I had been getting sharp pains in my calf on the left leg. And however, one evening late, about 2 a.m. in the morning, I just told myself, I better call the ambulance because this is getting worse. It was getting worse. And I said, man, I can bear pain, but this is not going to cut it. So I went to the emergency. Unfortunately, had uh, all those people coming in telling me this and that. And one particular doctor came in and said, well, we're going to have to amputate your leg uh, right away. And I looked at him like he was a ghost in the room. And I said to him, you're not God. You can't come in and just make the decision about my leg being my part of my health and it kept me overnight, making a long story short, I met with six other doctors. And however, I had eight operations to try to save this leg. You can only imagine being a former athlete to the extreme to try to save it. However, uh, that didn't happen. So I even had the destiny to say, called the doctor, tell him, please remove the bottom or whatever part of my leg he had to move to remove that pain. That pain was greater than anything I've ever endured in my life. And that happened. And then when I looked under the cover, for all you listeners, I said, man, where is my leg? I was going through the sedation and the operation part. And believe it or not, I overcame that within two weeks. Two weeks' uh, time, I had to do a lot of praying. And unfortunately, I don't take myself for granted like I'm perfect. But to make the story complete for you listeners, as well as Dr. Phillips and my true great sister, Kimley, this was a devastating thing. But I guess what? You can overcome any problem that you have. You may go through a little adversity, but... Why me, this and that? You can't question life. What comes your way, you deal with. And for me, it was easy for me to deal with because I've been a competitive person all my life. I said, I'm gonna make this work. I never heard of a prosthetic this and that. So I moved on to the Atlanta uh, Rehab Center. I was pouting every day, all lips stuck out, but I overcame that. And this great individual there that was very professional said, reverse this and think that you're trying to make a basketball team. And I said, this ain't not making a basketball team. That was my reply. But as the time went on, it got better for me. I was able to get the prosthetic, and I learned to take steps, and I said, this still feels weird to me. I overcame all that and just started believing that I lost a limb, but I haven't lost my life. And I want you to understand out there as long as you wake up, you have an opportunity to better yourself. But do not wait until everything get where you catch gangrene. I can't speak on the uh, legit uh, a doctor aspect, but I'm telling you, don't wait until the pain takes you out from a heart attack. And believe it or not, I'm fighting right today to save my other leg. PAD is no joke. It's not something you just go and sit down at the dinner table and say, oh, well, I'll get over it. No, you won't. You have to find the proper specialist and you have to change your diet as well as uh Kimney helped me all the time sending me great diet food that a gentleman like myself wants fried chicken. Or steak <laughs> it, I'm just being honest with it. and I love it. I love
3: the honesty.
6: Me too. Yes,
5: and had a procedure with Dr. Red and unfortunately I went to Dr. Lusky, before that, he put in two stints, and Kimney was like my school teacher. I told you to bring your homework. She meant to go to Dr. Red, like I said, Mr. Coleman. I told and you so. I told I you so. <laughs> yes, I have to tell the truth. And I no. felt like she knows more about this than me. So I took her advice and went to uh, the specialist, Dr. Red. Man, I feel better today. And this just happened uh, this past Wednesday for the second procedure. It feels better, but I won't know until I decide what kind of strength I'm going to be able to get back in this leg. And, quote, he said he was only able to clear up one of the arteries, one of them is chronically uh, colds. But I said, I appreciate the work he has tried to put in. There is always someone out there that can help if you get the attention ahead of time. And with that said, I would just like for each and every one of you out there listening, take heed to the way to my heart and Dr. Phillips and Kimney about getting the right treatment. Don't be stubborn. Don't be blind. Because Ray Charles TV V to get safe treatment every day. Possibly to see. Just like you can be a great, healthy person again, even though you have to get a prostate. I don't advise nobody to not pay attention to what's being said out here today. And with that said, thank you very much for having me, and God bless to each and every one of you.
2: Wow. that's You're, you're so inspiring, and it, it's just amazing to me that there's so many people out there. You're not saying, I mean, the, the pain with peripheral artery disease is real. How do you tangibly move forward with your day and with your life, despite well, this chronic pain? Well,
5: for me, for me, like I said, if I wake up, I tend to say, thank you, Lord, forgive me another day, first of all. And believe it or not, you have to somewhat have faith in the good Lord as well as yourself. It takes more than just a doctor to help you. Self has to motivate self. If you fall, let's use the saying as, please get back up or try your best to get back up. We're not doing a commercial here. We're doing something that each and every one of us has the strength to do. You may not be at the same age I am. It's not the age. It's about the ability within you to try. All we can do is try to get better.
2: We'll come up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we'll have some final words of motivation and what's next for Larry Shorty Coleman, so you don't want to miss that. Stay with us right here on The Heart of Innovation.
1: Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist, Dr. John Phillips.
3: Thanks, everybody, for joining us. During the break, Larry was, well, I was telling Larry that he's motivated me, he's motivated all of us, but I'm going to go for a run here. And uh, he asked me to dedicate my first two steps to him. But, Larry, you dedicate your movement activity to, to people all around the world, kids and, 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 and folks with
5: illnesses, right? Yes, sir. And... The key the key to being motivated is meeting great people like yourself and Kimberly. And as you go, I question Dr. Red. I question any doctor, anyone that has a lost limb. And guess what? I learned so much from these individuals I see that have two prosthetics, one on his arm, which was at my just, uh, formerly had a basketball clinic for the disability in Tampa, Florida. And I was like, whoa, I'm thinking me with just one leg. And I was in my wheelchair. And I said, I can't wait to get out of this wheelchair, be able to shoot again. So you have to really think big, dream big, and believe. Because one second, one minute, one hour. Things change.
2: They do. And that's what's what's really scary. And it, what's amazing to me is that you just continue to fight every day. And I honestly, when you're ready to do that jump shot again, when you get that prosthetic prosthetic back on, I want to be yeah. right by your side. And I want you to teach me how to do that jump shot.
5: Yeah. Yes.
2: That would be incredible. It's, it's and so,
5: Females are dominating in sports yeah. on all levels. You name it. Gymnastics, jumping rope, and pickleball. You mentioned that. I played pickleball with people older than me about 10 years ago. I could not hold my own with them. And I said, wait a minute, <laughs> Every Tuesday, I said, I'm going to come early. And the lady said, it's easy. She said, you got to get in a frame of mind of what you're doing first. So that made me think, once I lost my leg, what she said. Get in your mind what you want done for yourself and how you want to go about competing. And I said, I started getting good, and boy, oh boy, here go my leg. And I lost that, and I said, well, I'm still going to come up here every Tuesday. Man, they they get a kick out of me coming just being the clown. I said, I'm not a clown. I just make a joke. He said, you keep us in high spirits, believe it or not. So I tried it in my wheelchair. I tried it with the prosthetic. But you're know, a little different when you have your prosthetic on trying to play pickleball if the other person across from you, have both healthy legs, they're going to move uh, ten times quicker than you. But yeah. if you're with the right group, all you having is fun anyway.
2: And that's what it's all about. It's about finding new ways to have fun. Any quick, as we're getting ready to come to the end here, one quick uh, moment of inspiration from you, Shorty?
5: Yes. My my uh Inspiration to each and every one of you out there. Don't be late at trying to solve what's going on with your body. I don't care if it's your arm you're having problems with, sometimes you feel like you're going to have a stroke. And please, I don't encourage anyone to take for granted to be your own doctor. Be smart enough to go to the people that have that personalism to help. And God. Take and God bless
1: you, You've been <laughs> listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. The heart of innovation is for educational and informational purposes only. And advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare care team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room.
0: This show is distributed by the Innovators
3: Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit
0: theinnovators.network.